0: In today's show, we look back at all nine games from Monday in the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball and Substack, .substack JoshLloyd48.substack.com. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We've got nine games on today, so we're not going to do a quiz. We're not going to do a question of the day. We're not going to do a trade analysis. We'll save that for tomorrow when there's only five games on. So, Warnie. Let's get it on, Gilly. (laughs) All right, Maga Porter Jr. Looks like he's going to return soon after Malone said, yeah, maybe seven to 10 days. Uh, Turns out one day, apparently. He's not, not one day. He's been upgraded to doubtful. So that's a positive sign that Porter is going to be returning really, really soon. We also talked about this earlier today that Wendell Carter Jr. is set to return Friday. So your Mo Wagner streams, they were probably going to run out of steam. Any Mo Bumper value is probably in the toilet. And it's just great to have Wendell back. Magic just narrowly missed winning their seventh straight game today. For the Raptors, Ananobi and Trent, we heard that Trent would be out a while. Apparently not. Ananobi played today. Gaz was upgraded to questionable, then ruled out. So it looks like his return will be coming probably in their next game, and Chris Middleton missed out on today's game. They said that he's day-to-day moving forward, and they hope that he's available on, or they expect him on the road trip, which is like a four-game period, which is annoying, considering he's now missed two in a row with this knee problem, and I hope he doesn't miss many more, but it sounds like we might get another one missed here for Middleton. I wouldn't think they'd say sometime in the road trip if he's going to play next game, so I'd expect a couple out here in a row for old mate Chris Middleton. Unfortunately, really good buy-low opportunity for him. People will be frustrated a lot. He got dropped in a league that someone told me about the other day. Like He's going to be dropped in other leagues as well. I reckon if I looked at Yahoo's um, ads and drops stats, that um, he would be yeah dropped in quite a few leagues. So, go and add him and try the buy-low. Let's look at the most added players uh, on waiver wires over the last 24 hours. Number one is the tank, Tom Bryant. <coughs> Pretty clearly a must-roster player. We'll talk about what he did in today's game later on, but he's a clear must-roster player. Simple as that. Kemba Walker up 16%. Interesting. Didn't expect people to react as highly as they did to that last game um, when Luka was out. Kemba, we'll talk about today. Like, it ended up working in your favor, I guess, if you added him because of a Luka rejection and a Tim Hardaway injury, but I wouldn't have rushed to grab him myself. Um... Austin Reeves up 13%, the right move. Unfortunately, he just didn't play today. Josh Kogi up 10%, also the right move with the Suns having a really good schedule and him playing really well. Solid enough to get that value on a stream. Big Dick Nick Richards, that's a stream for today. We saw last game Plumlee was in foul trouble, so that helped Richards' value. I have no trust in Steve Clifford to play him enough, so yeah, we'll see. Mo Wagner up 8%, clear ad, easy ad, best ad you'll make. Well, not, not quite, but close enough. Aaron Neesmith up 8%. That's absolutely chasing what he did last game. While he might start, and he probably will start, and almost definitely will start, he won't do what he did last game. I feel really confident in saying that. He's a 14-team league player. Maybe, maybe there's 12-team stream. Maybe. And then Kevon Looney up 8%. Last couple of games from Kavon have been great. I don't think that he's a must-roster 12-team league player, but there's nothing wrong with an ad there. The Washington Wizards' Will Barton is your most dropped player. That. Run, Give it up, quick! Down 21%. Yep, easily. No problem. Drop him. See you later. Bye-bye. Easy decision. Andrew Nembhard down 19%. Yeah, we gave him the chance. Didn't work out. I'll see you later. I'll add you back later if I need it. Bones Highland down 18 Um, The five-minute man. Last two games have been rough. Under 20 minutes. There is still some potential with Porter out, but I get it, right? Not consistent enough. Minutes are all over the place. If you want to have him, you have him. If you don't, you don't. No problem with dropping him. Absolutely. Caleb Martin down 17%. Yeah, really, really clear drop. In fact, John Armstrong. Get that garbage out of here. Yeah, see you later. Two games this week. Going to get squeezed for minutes. had a little purple patch when players were injured. See you later. John Kaminga down 17%. Don't know why he was added in as many as he was. I guess it was worth a crack with Wiggins out. Did not work out. Jordan Goodwin down 15%. Hmm, Interesting. He thought he played pretty well last game, but there is a squeeze on minutes there in Washington. So, yeah, I get it, him not being a 12-team muster roster, but his schedule for the Wizards is okay over the next few days. So I probably wouldn't have made that move on him if I had him on my team. Um, Sticks. Stand by your man! Yeah, he's down 12%. See you later. Same with the depressed penis, Sadiq Bey, down 8%. So I don't really argue with much there. I maybe would have kept Goodwin just for the value of streaming him, say, tomorrow. But that's really about it. Barton, I don't even know if I would have kept you in a stream tomorrow. So I think I think most of those moves are fair enough. Today's episode is brought to you by Turo. Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the US, UK, Canada, and Australia. Book a spacious SUV or minivan for a family road trip. Get a classical luxury car for a special event, birthday, or holiday. Find affordable economy cars if you're on a budget and just need to get from A to B, or test drive that electric vehicle you've been eyeing off to see how it fits in your everyday life. Many Turo hosts can even deliver the car right to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. So let's get into the games. First game of the day, the Utah Jazzmen. The Jazzmen, they lose to the Cavs pretty comfortably, to be honest. The score, 122-99. Let's talk about Utah. They were without Alinek and Sexton. They play again tomorrow. I don't know whether Olenek or Sexton will play. I'd have to think they're both a chance to play, and there's also a risk that Conley rests. Be aware of that. Markkinen was pretty good, 24-6. and Solid enough game, two steals, sorry. Really solid. Jordan Clarkson had 23 points on 38% shooting. He offered nothing else. Two rebounds, zero assists. The three threes are nice. He is fine where he is. Like He's solid. I think he's a top 100 guy, and he's a must ross to play, but there's going to be rough nights. They started Walker Kessler in a Linux spot. Don't think he can complain. Well, can. I guess one of four from the line, You can complain. But 11 and six, a steal two blocks. 100% from the field. Must roster player, I think. Yes, he'll probably go back to the bench. But once again, he played more minutes than Jared Vanderbilt, who had seven and six with nothing else. Vanderbilt is not a 10-team must roster, not a 12-team points must roster, but a 12-team category probably must roster. But I do really fear it going sideways for him quickly. If Kessler takes the job over, Full-time, I think Vanderbilt's not going to be anywhere near that value. Like, nowhere near it. Alexander Walker struggled. Four points, three assists. We were really cautious about what he would be able to do with a fully healthy team. The reason that you might have him or to stream him is for the Monday, Tuesday, Thursday combination of games. So if you do have him, you've still got two more low-volume opportunities. And Conley might rest tomorrow. And the same with Malik Beasley, who had three points on 10% shooting. This, you know, if you've watched this show at all, you know that Malik Beasley is like the king of that group, the Tim Hardaways, the three-point shooters, the scorers who have these strong runs, and then when they shit the bed, they shit it hard. Like, it is coded. And you get nothing else from him. 3-3-2. Three, three, and two. Like, he doesn't do anything else. So if the shots don't fall, and he has a disaster class like this, then you're not getting anything from him. And that's exactly what happened. But you hold because of the schedule stream value here of Malik Beasley. For the Cavs, Don Mitchell played only 23 minutes if I can find my sound drop, he's gone, he's good, he had 23 points in those minutes with four threes, but pretty piss poor in the other areas, two rebounds, one assist, he shot 67%, he had foul trouble, that's why the minutes were low, then it was a blowout, but you know you really can't complain there, well, Darius Garland, after a little bit of a struggle, he's top 30 over the last week, so I'm starting to push it back together, 17-1-8, 64% shooting, copped another whack in the face, you get, every game, he gets hit in the head, it's annoying, Jarrett Allen 20 and 11 to steal three blocks, good because he'd been dropping a little bit with some of his stuff. While Mobley struggled somewhat, not his best game, just no defensive stats. That's really the problem there. 12, 8 and 3. Dracaris Lavert did play 31 minutes, Dracarys. but 13, 3 and 1. He's not going to get it done. He's not a 12-team league player. But I am impressed with Isaac Okoro. I'm not impressed enough to say he's a 12-team league guy. But 12, 2 and 4, 30 minutes for who Isaac Okoro is. That is gigantic improvement. Now, he is benefiting from Lamar Stevens being out and Dean Wade being out. But deeply, League guys, you just want to pay a little bit more attention to Okoro than you would have. Now, you wouldn't have paid any attention because he's a 321st ranked player this season. But, you know, these last few games, he's stepping it up. The production's improving. And that's something to watch. The Discman, City Arsman, he he has these games, doesn't he? We know he does. 22 points, five triples, steal and a block, 80% shooting. F. Ah, so Chetty. That's magnificent, mate. What are we going to do with it? Nothing. Nothing, because he's just not going to do it again. there will be nights nice when he's out of the rotation. Lamar Stevens will come back and push him aside, and you just don't have any reliability in his game-to-game production. That is who Chetty Osman is. It's unreliable game-to-game production. All right, next one, Raptors lose, what is their sixth straight against the Philadelphia 76ers. I'm not going to go in on the Raptors here. This was close, but 104-101, the final score. OG Ananobi did return. 40 minutes. <laughs> Seriously, guys. 13, 4, and 3. Two steals and a block. It's good to have him back. wasn't his best night, but he'll be better than that. While Siakam, it was almost his best night. It was, was pretty bloody close. It was an overtime game. But 38, 15, and 6 in 48 minutes. Three threes. 48% from the field. 82 from the line. That's, that's huge. That's a masterclass from Siakam. He's been awesome this season. It was also a big game from Chris Boucher. 30 minutes for the wiki. 13 and 10 with two steals. He took only six shots. Low usage. But the big minutes are there. I'm not sure how long we expect Gary Trent to be out now, but that's going to impact Boucher. So he's really just a fringe sort of player. Van Bleet went back to sucking, nine points on 20% shooting. Um, Kem Birch started the second half over Wancho Hernan Gomez. Both of those guys are absolutely masquerading as starters. They are not starters. They should not be starters. I don't understand what Nick Nurse is doing starters. They shouldn't play. Really, they're not good. And they showed that they're not good here. Seven points for show, two points for Kem in that time. But... We don't have to have a dialogue about Scotty Barnes, but he sucked. His defense on, on Harden was okay, but I'm sorry. You got benched for 10 consecutive minutes in the fourth quarter, came back with a minute left for Thad Young. You played 22, 24 minutes sorry, in regulation. He had 6-3-3, three and three, didn't hit a three, 33% shooting, and continues to be highly, highly underwhelming compared to last season. All right? Highly underwhelming. I There's a couple of things here. I clearly am not as big of a Scotty Barnes believer as other people. That is very obviously on record. I also do not think Scotty Barnes is this bad, and I am convinced, and I've seen this happen time and time again. You suffer a serious ankle injury and try and play through it or come back too early, which I think he might have done in the preseason, and it screws you up all season. It happens all the time. It doesn't happen to everybody, but often these serious injuries, you try and play through them, and you are not yourself all season, and I think that's what's happening to Barnes to a degree. Now, I do not expect him to be, this is a future All-NBA, five-time MVP sort of player, like some people seem to think that he was, but he's not this bad. And while those ankle problems can linger all season, so I'm not sure that how much of a buy low he actually is this season based off this, but if I'm talking dynasty and future value, I think get a healthy preseason. If this team continues to go to shitty, I think he will miss time. Um, But dynasty value, I think that he'll come back more reinvigorated. And the last couple of games that he had that were good, that was when OG wasn't there. He cannot really do anything when there are better players around him. That seems to be a problem with Barnes. So really, really struggled. Um, I'm not saying that he's a, a bust of a pick or anything like that, but some of the stuff, some of the expectations placed on him, I think were too high. He is the 93rd-ranked player in fantasy this season, 76th in points leagues, and has taken significant steps backwards this year. Bit of a dud from Flynn, 5 points in 19 minutes. I would like to see him just play a little bit more, but you've got to give minutes to Birch and Wancho, I guess, for whatever reason. For the Sixers, Embiid, 28-11 in 42 minutes. Not at his best, shooting 38%, but still good numbers. Well, Toby Harris, the thick hogsman, and he is thick. Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H, yeah, T H for life. Um, he's on a roll. Like I was absolutely out on drafting him. A few things have gone in his favor: injuries to Harden and to Maxi, but he's also taking advantage now. Is this me? Is me saying he's a sell high, trying to justify me being down on him in the preseason? You'll think it is. I don't think it is because he had 21 points on 79% shooting, 78% shooting. That's not real. And usage will drop when Maxi returns. I'm confident in both of those things happening. But he's top 50 this season. He's top 20 over the last week, Toby Harris. He had 21 and four with five threes. It's not going to remain. Again, I still remain confident in saying that, but I still look also stupid for saying that for nine weeks when he's been great all this time. I understand that. Harden only scored 14 points, but had seven rebounds and eight assists. While the wave pulled Anthony Melton, I think he missed his first 10 shots almost in this game, had 8, 7, and 1 in 41 minutes. It's a very rough night. We hold him until Maxi returns, and then we reassess it. Then he doesn't become an automatic drop, but we reassess it. Also, Shake Milton, see you later, my guy. We don't need to hold you. I don't know why people are. Get that garbage out of here! Absolutely no reason to have Shake Milton rostered in a 12 team format. The next game. I don't get to play the song because they lost, but they had a 13-0 run at the end. The Orlando Magic could have won the game if not for a late foul by Paolo Banchero on Dejounte Murray. The Hawks are in at 126-125. Let's talk about the Magic and let's talk about Markel Fultz. Now I feel sorry for this bloke because he has gone through so much in his career, and honestly, like I, I don't think there'd be a situation that makes me happier than seeing him succeed. He, him getting that go-ahead layup, which could have been the game winner. How easy was it? Did you watch it? Like, it was so easy. Like, he just looked awesome. 24-6 and 9-33 minutes. Now, I said weeks ago when these guys started to return that I have no idea what they do with the point guards. I probably marginally prioritized Fultz over Suggs and Anthony. um, But I think it's going to go back and forward with that. I think Suggs is—or Fultz and Suggs is their backcourt pairing they should go with. But I don't have confidence that that is actually right or that they'll actually do it. Now I do. He is so much clearly better than Cole Anthony for this team. I heard a stat— Recently, I think on the Athletic NBA show saying that when Fultz plays, they're basically a 500 team. And when he doesn't play, they're like, a you know, they've won like 25% of their games, which is crazy. Is he the main reason for that? I can't rule it out. Like, he just organizes them. He's actually really good. And 24-6-9 and on 58% shooting. Yeah, he's a top 30 player over the last week. He is a must player. And that might change when Suggs comes back. But I know who's losing out when Suggs comes back. That's And it's not Michael Fultz. It's the man who is already losing out and that's Bob Ball, who played 22 minutes for six points and four rebounds I know that I've been saying sell high on him for a long time you clearly can't do that anymore this is why this is why I said he was a sell high this is why I didn't believe in he was maintaining top 50 value season long um and I will issue a warning I don't think it's getting better when Gary Harris Jalen Suggs and Wendell Carter return I don't think there's any chance of it getting better I think the bowl train, has been smashed off the tracks by reality and players returning from injury. I don't know that you have to drop him because I still think that he's probably got like a 18-11 game with four blocks in him in 28 minutes, but they're going to be so rare and so not often. He's 183rd over the last week. I I think we brace ourselves that in a week's time, he's not a 12-10 league player. I think that's coming. I'm not dropping him yet. I wouldn't drop him yet. I don't have him because again, I was really skeptical on him pretty clearly. And for about four or five weeks, that looked dumb. But my thing was always, hey, let's look forward on this. Like when these guys play, and they just kept getting hurt, and guys kept going down all over the place. Um, that I don't see where he fits in. There you go. This is what I feared. This is coming to fruition. In saying all of that, Franz Wagner hurt his ankle into this game in like the last one second. I don't know if he's going to miss any time, but if he does miss time, that would give a further boost to Ball. Like he would have to, he would be able to play more. So while it is a downward trim, that's why I'm not dropping him just yet, if I had him, because if Wagner does miss time, then Bob will benefit. Um, Bunkero, 18-4-7 with two blocks. Well, Mo Wagner, flaming Mo Wagner. I honestly didn't think I'd get to play the flaming Mo sound at all this season, let alone for such a strong stretch. 16-10, and 10, two steals and a block. Mo Bamba, never heard of her. Wagner, way ahead. Miles ahead. Clear must-roster until Wendell returns. He's been awesome. It's better than Bol Bol at the moment as well. Clear, clear guy. Top 30 player over the last week, if you can believe that, Mo Wagner. Yeesh. Cole Anthony, 8 points in 20 minutes with 4 assists. I believe Cole can be better than this. I don't believe that he's a must-roster 12-team league player, so I think you can jack him off as well. While Terence Ross had 14 in 25 minutes. For the Hawks, Trey Young. This is why we drafted him in the first round, and actually, he's 10th over the last week, so... Starting to come together, hopefully. Fingers crossed. 37-3 and 13 on 50% shooting and 12 of 12 from the line. I love that. DeJounte Murray comes back from his ankle injury, plays 20 minutes in the first half, plays 38 overall, no minutes restrictions, 17-5 and 3 with two steals and shot poorly 39%. But he's only two free throws with the two free throws with three seconds left on a fading. I don't know what that last play call was from Nate McMillan, by the way. Hey, let's get Trey Young to inbound it to a DeJounte Murray baseline fadeaway to try and win the game. It worked, but process over results. Far out. Anyway, this game here, it's great to have him back, but again, it illustrates the concern. Low rebounds, low assists, poor shooting. He's not a first or second round guy. They went small. They started John Collins at centre and a Kongu off the bench. And Collins had a minutes restriction 20 minutes, 12 and 7. So while we look at a Kongu and go 28 minutes, okay, that's fine. Uh, you should not be confident with that at all, because if Collins, they didn't really play together at all. So if Collins plays twenty six next game, they come from a Kongwu, and he's back to a reserve guy even when Capella is out. So if there is an if if Tom Bride is on the wire and you've got a Kongwu, that is the easiest switch you'll make in your life. Please go and make it. That is straightforward stuff. Like this is not good for a Kongwu's value, and it's not getting better when Capella returns. He had 11 8 with two blocks, so not a bad game. But again, some of that minutes is highly inflated. Good to see Adrian Griffin played 25 minutes, 19 and 7 with three threes and 62% in the rotation ahead of Jarrett Culver, Trent Forrest, and Justin Holiday, and played more minutes than Aaron Holiday. Good. He's like a 16 team league guy, maybe 14. Don Ray Hunter did his usual nothingness. 16, 4 and 2. Actually, that's not true. 16's okay. It's still not great. It's still maybe borderline 12 12 team points. But 12 team category, don't let him even sniff it. Don't even touch it. Stinker from Bogdan, 35 minutes, 10 points. We knew there would be a drop-off with him with Murray and Collins returning that he would lose usage, go from the number two option down to the three or four. Him starting is weird, but they wanted to keep him in that lineup and prioritize him over a Okongwu. I get it, that's fine. He's not going to remain starting. I'm pretty confident with that. When Capella comes back, Capella will come in. Bogdanovich will go to the bench and he'll lose some production and playing time. He was rolling. He still remains a must-roster player though. I don't think there's much argument about that. Today's episode is brought to you by betonline.net, your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. Pro football, college basketball, college bowl season, basketball, NBA, it's all there at betonline.net. The fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. If we head across and look at the NFL odds, There's been a change. The Cowboys have moved to six and a half point favorites against the Eagles now because it doesn't appear like Jalen Hurts is going to play. The odds are shifting. They're getting there. So if you want to go and make your bets on anything for the NFL or the college football bowls, go do it at betonline.net. The website or the mobile devices where you can go to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. Let's go on to the next game. It is the Milwaukee Bucks. Yes, the Milwaukee Bucks. Against the New Orleans Pelicans, um, I'm just going to bring my box score up. The, the Bucks win this one. What was the final score? Why is my thing not working? 128-119, the final score here for Milwaukee. Brooke Lopez, oh, who did, he'd been quiet. 30 points, 4-3, 7 rebounds in 35 minutes with a block on 71%. He had been quiet. This was a great bounce back. Still no Chris Middleton, as I talked about earlier in the show. Drew Holiday had 18, 4, and 11. And Yanni, who we knew had been struggling, he just went through and blew it up. 42 and 10. No steals and only one assist, which is annoying, but 71 from the field and 77 from the line on 22 attempts. He's actually massive from Yanni. 22 attempts. They didn't start Javon Carter. They started Marjom Mar- um, Beauchamp, but Carter got the minutes, 20 of them there. 8, 5, and 3 with three steals, while Beauchamp had six in 16 minutes. And Punch Bob, we know this, what he was doing was unsustainable. 4-4 four four in 22 minutes. I don't think he'll be a drop, but I don't think he'll be far off it as we move forward in the season. Grayson Allen had 6-5-2. and two. He's only a stream guy when the schedule suits. Well, Joe Ingles returned. Great. He didn't give us anything, missed all of his shots, but had two assists, played 15 minutes. He's not going to be, I don't think, a 12-team league guy. Maybe he moves into schedule stream territory, but that's about it. Pelicans without Ingram, without Nance, they lose. And it wasn't because Jonas Valanciunas played poorly. 37 minutes for JV. Unbelievable scoring, thirty-seven and eighteen he had with seven threes. If you want to sell Jonas Valanciunas, you do it now. Like this is obviously not real, but you would not believe the reactive nature of some fantasy. Well, maybe you would. Maybe you're one of them. People react like you see it every day on the waiver wire ads and drops. The ten percent rise for blokes who won't even play the next game because they did well in that game. This is your chance. That is an insane game from Valanciunas. It's insane. Jonas But let me assure you, he won't be a 6-3-pointer in the half guy. He won't be a 26-point-per-game guy in a half. He just won't. It's just not going to happen. He's not going to play 37 minutes either. See, any top 60 player in a trade is an absolute windfall. You probably won't get it, but maybe you do. CJ had 31-8-9. Really good game from CJ. While Zion struggled a little bit. Only 44% shooting. 18-7-7 with three steals. Better game from Trey Murphy. 28 minutes, 13 and 5. Not spectacular, but better. Good percentages. I get if you want to drop him. I probably would hold until Ingram comes back, but in a 10-teamer, fine, move on. And Herb Jones, 9 points. The 5 steals, excellent. We love it. It's sexy. Remember last season, Herb Jones came in out of Alabama. Poor 3-point shooter. Really poor free throw guy. Then jumped up like 25 percentage points in his free throws. I went, ah, Fred Vincent's fixed it. Fixed it. Do you know he's a bad free throw shooter again? He's like 65%. And he was, what, 1 of 2 again here. 27 from the field. So a lot of the gains he made last season, much like even with Scotty Barnes, came in as a bad shooter, really improved last season. It's all regressed back. I don't know why that is, but it's happened. And it sort of goes under the radar because we just go, oh, Vincent fixed it. It's all good. Now, his numbers are all bad, shooting-wise, Herb Jones. The five steals saves this, but that's what we've been saying. Herb Jones is a steal specialist. You don't want him for anything else apart from steals. Jose Alvarado went scoreless, missed all six shots, but had six assists. He is not, and he is rostered in these leagues. He's not a 12-team league guy, nor is Najee Marshall, who had three points in 15 minutes. Both of those guys, if they are on your roster, and I know they are, because I can see the numbers, you can jack them. Get that garbage out of here! Bill Hinnon Gomez played the backup minutes. Jackson Hayes is just relegated to nothingness on this team now. Um, Five points in 10 minutes for Bill. Let's go to the San Antonio Spurs. They beat the Rockets 114-105. Um... I know that we know that Steven Silas is a bad coach. I know that we know that. But it it is it is worth mentioning from time to time. He made some just weird, unbelievable, do you watch the same game as me type decisions in this game. Like it happens all the time. And here you go. That's how you lose to the Spurs at home. The Spurs were without Keldon Johnson. They also made a choice to put um, Jeremy Sohan in the bench unit because they liked the shooting that Keita Bates-Diop provides. Now, when you are relegated to go, man, man I really need the shooting of Bates-Diop in the lineup, that means your team doesn't have any shooting. But he's a better shooter than Sohan, who's shooting these weird one-handed free throws now. And by one-handed, I don't mean that everyone else is shooting them. If you see a video like this, he doesn't touch it with one hand. He just one hand like this, like shot puts it. It's so weird. Anyway, he went one of four from the line. 12 and 7 for Sohan in 23 minutes. That's actually pretty good. I think he's more of a 16 team league guy, maybe 14. Vassal, I am really pretty confident that he is clearly their best player. 28, sorry, 26, 4-5 with five threes. Good game. Trey Jones, 13, 6, and 8. Another good Zach Collins game. It is helpful that Perdley is on a minutes restriction, but 10, 7 and 3. It's good enough to just hold on to until you need to drop. It's it's okay to hold him. Purtle, 23 minutes, 8-5 and with two blocks. There might be a bit of a buy low here. He is struggling returning and the minutes limit. People don't always pay attention to that. Let's go, man, Purtle, man, he's 200th over the last week. Bullshit, what's going on? And they might look to trade him low. That can happen. It probably won't, but it's always worth looking at. They started Romeo Langford. He had six points in nineteen minutes. I mean, that's cool. He had that two-game stretch where I went, ah, maybe he's not the worst permanent fantasy producer in history. And now maybe he is. Bates-Diop didn't do much, nine and six, but he did have two steals in his 27 minutes. We're not rushing to grab him. As for the Rockets, they decided to play Dacian Nix over Ty-Ty Washington. Now, to be fair to Nix, he had nine assists. That's a career high. He scored four points on 29% shooting, and he had three steals. Okay, what's the point of this? Just give the job to Ty-Ty. There's no reason for Nix to have it. Nix has shown me nothing. Now, again, it's process over results. Nix has shown nothing all season. He's looked terrible. So they go, well, your reward for looking terrible is to play the minutes. And then it pans off and you go, see, I knew it. No, you didn't. He just happened to have a good assist game. And when your clear best player in this game, the delicate dancer, Elperen Shangun. It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. plays 24 minutes. i got to ask questions. And the question is, I'm so sorry, children. Please turn off for a second. The question is, what are you fucking doing? Like, what are we doing here? Oh, those 10 Bruno Fernando minutes. I needed those ones. 15 Ujman Garuba minutes when he missed all five shots. Shingoon had 22 and four with a steal and a block. I know he was a minus 16. Kevin Porter was a minus 25. Jabari Smith was a minus 22. Eric Gordon, your mate. Eric Gordon was a minus 26. So don't sit here and tell me, oh, yeah, I'll get killed when he was out there. They got killed more with the other guys out there. What the deprioritization of Shangun on this team makes no sense. And no, I don't have Shangun on any of my rosters. So I don't care from a fantasy perspective. It's just stupid. It is just coaching malpractice, in my opinion. And I I, I don't understand it. I cannot get my head around it. Porter had some foul trouble. He ended up with 15, 4, and 4, two steals and a block. Of course, he had the four fouls in about 15 minutes and never got another one after that. So, always when you bench someone for foul trouble to prevent them fouling out, you effectively foul them out anyway because you reduce their minutes artificially. So, good stuff there. While Jalen Green had 13, 1, and 2 with two steals on putrid shooting, and Jabari Smith also 29% shooting, 9, and 8 with a steal on a block. Horrible performances from a few of these guys. Really disappointing. Eric Gordon had five points on 29%. He felt left out that Knicks was shooting 29% and Jabari Smith was shooting 29%. So he wanted to get in on it as well. Imagine having, how does a team have four rotation players shoot under 30% and another one shoot under 40? And the bloke who goes eight for 10 plays 24 minutes. I will, I, mm, mm, I don't understand it. Tari preseason played 24 minutes, so that's encouraging. He was 11-4, 60% shooting. I really fear what happens when Jay Sean Tate comes back, as so what sort of stupidity will befall him. Well, uh, KJ Martin played 20 minutes for eight points. Eason remains a luxury stash because we cannot trust regular big minutes. And that made me feel sad. Let's talk about something that makes me feel happy. Shay Gildas Alexander, he's another game winner. To beat the Blazers, 123-121. Blazers fans, not, I'm not happy that you lost. I just love Shay, So it was great. 123-121. Lillard, 28-3-6 with six threes. He was really good. He broke the record. Shout out to him. Actually, quick shout out. Damian Lillard breaks the record. Most points ever in Blazers franchise history. He's an absolute legend. Um, well done, Dame. Good stuff. Jeremy Grant returned from spasms so to play 42 minutes. 26, 8, and 3 with two steals on 56% shooting. He continues to play at a really, really good level. And Anthony Simons was all right. This, I feel like, is an encapsulation of what I expect from Simons regularly. 19, 4, and 1, 44%. And it's passable. It's good. It's top 100. It's not top 50. And that's when I said sell high for a top 40, top 50 guy. He is 97th over the last week. He'll have games where he shoots better. He'll have games where he shoots worse. But this is about right. With Yusuf Nurkic out, Eubanks started 9-7 with two blocks on 100%. He's a block streamer if Nurkic remains out, while Watford played 14 minutes and Justice Winslow played 22. Only 10 minutes for Shaden Sharp in this one. Maybe he's out of the rotation entirely when Gary Payton returns. I guess we will find that out later on. On the Thunder, Shea was ruled out for this game, remember? Upgraded to questionable, upgraded to in, Shot poorly and then hit a game winner to end up with 35, 2 and 6, 1 steal, 2 blocks on 42% shooting. Hit 14 of 14 from the line. The 6th ranked player in points leagues this season. The 5th ranked player in category leagues. I feel you know, dumb that that knee injury forced me to push him into the third round when I had him at about 19 or 20 before that knee injury. And even that's too low. Um, but you know that I've been pushing the anti-tank, anti-rest, anti-avoid Shay narrative. I just got suckered into the preseason injury and I'm, I hate myself for it. I hate myself. I mean, I do, but not for that reason. Um, Jalen Williams, 33 minutes. The Bronco. Discombobulated myself. Broncos country, let's ride. Like, adequate. 13, 7, and 4, 1, 3, 1 steal, 1 block, subpar percentages. He remains a luxury stash who's giving you 14-team league value. Is he a must-ruster 12-team league guy? Not really. If you're 6th or 7th or 8th in the standings, you'd probably do better streaming that spot. If you're first or second, you hold him because there is still room for him to improve. Like this line here, but on 48% shooting with 80 from the line, looks 16, 7, and 4, a triple one on good percentages. It's a bloody good line. And I know that Giddy is out, but what I am feeling confident in is that Williams is going to play 28, 29, or 30 minutes nearly every night. He's moved past the bullshit of, as Dan Besbrus calls it, the Oklahoma City um, Thunder roulette wheel. He's moved past that, I believe, and into the, hey, we're fairly confident you're going to give us these minutes most nights. Now, I don't think Lou Dort's a must-roster player. See you later. I think he's got no upside, and I think he's highly overrated. I wouldn't bother with him in 12-team category leagues. Points, a different story. And, yep, you can't trust Poku, 8-6 in 23 minutes. You can't. You can't trust him. You can't trust Aaron Wiggins, who I believe the Thunder are undefeated when he starts. 12-4 with a steal. Now, he is one of the most underrated real-life real players, I think, Aaron Wiggins. He's not a good fantasy guy, necessarily, but he just does good things. And I don't know why they would take him out of the rotation at all. If you're in a 16-team league, he's rostered nowhere, we go. I think he's at least worth a 16-team look. Isaiah Joe hits threes. That's what he does. Good streamer for that. While the Moose had 12 points, Mike Muscala with four threes. And we got 29 Kenrich-Williams minutes. 12 points, two threes, two steals. Two big games in a row from Kenrich. We don't trust that he's going to play every night either. Maybe you take a crack. But again, I just don't know how you can place any faith in the minutes or the production. The Dallas Mavericks lose to the Wolves. Really, really disappointing game from Dallas. 116-106. They were without Tim Hardaway. Of course, no Muxi Kleber, no Josh Green, is out for two weeks. And Dwight Powell is it. So we finally got it. Christian Wood started. He was a minus 15 and shot 36% from the field. But at least he put up counting stats. 34 minutes, 15 and 13, a steal on two blocks next to Luca. I wonder if they'll keep him in there. Luca got ejected. He is, as they would say, um, over the shit. 19.6 19, 6, and 7 with three threes on 29%. A real real drop-off in his production over the last little bit of time. While with him out and Tim Hardaway out, we did get 24 Kemba Walker minutes. 14, 2, and 3. Now, I would not use this to justify the fact that I added him in 12-team leagues. I did not add him, but I would not use this to justify the fact that you added him in 12-team leagues or to suggest that he would maintain a 12-team league value. Yes, it does help the green is out. It does help that Doncic was ejected. It does help that Hardaway was ill. But two of those things, Doncic and Hardaway, they're not going to last more than a game. And Walker's not going to play enough. And even in this game, he didn't play enough or do enough to be a 12-team league player. I don't think you need to bother. Didn't he really played 38 minutes, 22 and 7 with five threes. Well, Bertans, out of nowhere, 18 points with six triples. Of course, he had no rebounds or no assists. And I just don't care. Speaking of not caring, Reggie Block didn't care to score. He had zero points in 33 minutes. And Dorian Finney-Smith was out with a groin issue. I expect he misses time. I don't How long? I don't know. Now, obviously, we're not rostering Dorian Finney-Smith. I get on, I was going to say, with Finney Smith out, maybe there's value in Kemba. doesn't really work that way. That'll help Bullock. But I think more importantly, it'll help guys like Davis Bertans. Or even we'll get some Christian Wood and uh, Dwight Powell combined minutes. Bertans is going to be that 20-team streamer for threes. And that's really about it. But yeah, I wouldn't look at this and say Finney Smith out, Walker in. doesn't work that way. For the Timberwolves, no Gobert, no Towns, no Anderson, no Prince, no McLaughlin. So Nazareth Reid went off again. 40 minutes for Nazareth, 27-13, two steals and a block. Now, there's one thing we know about Nazareth, that when he plays, he puts up numbers really clearly. And he is a must-roster player until Gobert returns, which is probably next game. And then Reed goes back and plays 16 minutes and isn't worth it. But he is worth having to see if Gobert misses. Great stuff from him. Goose played 38 minutes and is basically functioning as a point guard these days. Anthony Edwards 27, 3, and 9, a steal and two blocks. He didn't shoot well, but 91 from the line is awesome. That's just a fantastic game from Anthony Edwards. Um, and this is this is the thing that we talk about with these young guards. Like, what do you can you do more than be a Malik Beasley, Tim Hardaway? It's the worry I have with a Jaden Ivy or a Benedict Mather, and like, what do you add to your game? Well, him adding being a point guard, Anthony Edwards, is gigantic. Like, it is massive. This is how he becomes a top 10 player in the future. Still not quite there, but Jesus Christ. 23, 13, and 9 are still in two blocks. Is it? It's it. Like, that's that's top 10. He's not top 10 at the moment, but that is top 10. So let's see how this develops. Austin Rivers started, and I, I cannot believe I'm saying this, but that is three good games in a row for Austin Rivers. 16, 5, and 2 with three threes. Now, it obviously, the Kyle Anderson back spasms is an ongoing issue. Prince remains out. McLaughlin remains out. I don't, I don't want to say it, but he's Austin Rivers. He can't, I can't, I can't say it. There's no fucking way. How is Austin Rivers a stream? But he's one hundred and fourth ranked player over the last week because of those three good games. I feel no confidence in doing it. I won't do it. But the numbers from the last three games do not lie. Now, is there an an element of chasing there? Sure, because he hit eighty six percent of his shots, and the minutes were way up. But three good games in a row. Ignore it. But also don't. Just keep it in your mind. D'Angelo Russell stunk. He'd been playing really well. We knew a fall-off was coming. 9, 2, and 5 in 31%. And McDaniels, he just has no ability to ramp up. 37 minutes, 13, 5, and 2. Someone asked on the live show, I thought he'd be able to ramp it up with Towns out. But is this just who he is? Like, I think so. I just don't think he's got any ability to actually scale what he does. And he's going to always be stuck in this sort of area. I don't know. Always. This is his third year, so he's got room to improve still. But I'd like to see a little bit more. Noel had 18 points in 25 minutes, but he is obviously benefiting from all of those players being out, like the ones I just mentioned. All right. Next game. I guess, relatively predictable result. The Suns smash the Lakers. 130, 104. Everyone was out. Russ was out. LeBron was out. AD is out. Austin Reeves is out. Devin Booker was out. Um, Cam Johnson was out. Jock Landau was out. Campaign was out. And then Josh Okogie was out. Bloody hell. Yes, I know, Obi. It's terrible news that Joshua Kogi was out. So let's go through whatever it was we can get out of this. Dennis Schroeder, 30 points, 29 minutes. Not a shock. This guy needs the ball. Can't get it when Russ LBJ. Ooh, that sounds gross. LeBron and Anthony Davis play. But while they're out, especially while Davis said he's worth a stream. The Tank, Tom Bryant, only 27 minutes for him. But and five, two threes are still in a block. Must roster player. Lonnie Walker did his thing. Hello. 16 points, three threes, nothing else. 39% shooting. I don't think he's a must-roster 12 team. Yes, it was helpful that these guys were out, but this is how you know this game was a disaster. Kendrick Nunn played 20 minutes and scored 17 points. I think we throw nearly everything out of this game in the bin. we got 27 Max Christie minutes. He shot 11%. Damian Jones had three points in 22 minutes. What we take away is that Bryant's a must-roster player, Schroeder's probably a 12-team league guy while Davis is out, and Walker is still, to me, not absolutely must roster. For the Suns, Chris Paul is back. 28, 4-8, and eight, two steals, 50% shooting. He's back. He's good. He's back again. Good. Tory Craig remains a scheduled streamer. They play um, more quality games this week. 17-8, and 4-3s. He's still on the borderline and shot 86% to get here, but the guy that was cutting into his minutes was Josh Okogie, and he's hurt. I don't know if is going to miss time. Three points in 10 minutes for him. But Craig is back on the menu as a scheduled streamer. Ayton played 26 minutes, 21 and 11, 82%. Excellent. We got him back. Obviously, we dropped Biumbo now. While Bridges had 20 points, but he's uncharacteristically poor shooting. Continues. 44% from the field. He had a steal and a block, but his numbers are well down this season from the shooting perspective. He had been a consistently high field goal guy, and it's down. So there is room for that to improve, but he is still chugging along really nicely. With Booker out, we got 29 Landry-Shamet minutes and 38 Damian Lee minutes. Lee had 15 points, five threes. That's what he's good for. We know he's a good three-point streamer. And Shamet had 13 with three threes. That's what he's good for. He's a three-point streamer. If Booker remains out for tomorrow's game, they play again tomorrow, then you look to Lee and Shamet as streaming options in that scenario. Let's do the last game. The Hornets on the road beat the Kings. Bet you didn't uh, expect that one. Big victory for Charlotte there, 125-119, the final score. Um, let's look at the Charlotte side. Really, really weird stuff, fellow mallow Ball. Eight minutes in the first half due to foul trouble, but ended with 23, 5, and 12. Had 16 points in the fourth quarter. Shot 47% and didn't attempt a free throw, and then he fouled out. Just a weird game. I hate foul outs. Hate him with an absolute passion, but Ball is, uh, yeah, look, he's, since he returned, he's basically just full steam ahead. He's like a top... What is he already? He's like top 30 player already this season on a per game basis with a couple of weird games in there already. Like he's, I think he's going to be fine. We hope. That he doesn't sprain his ankle again. Terry Regier was out. So we got 38 ill-advised minutes from Kelly Oubre in which he had a 33% usage. He scored 31 and 10. He is getting by on huge volume. And today, he was actually efficient. I still don't think that he's a particularly good winning basketball player. And I still think there is a massive fall off coming fantasy-wise. But 31 and 10 with three threes, 48% from the field is a fantastic performance. He was 67 from the line and he maintains your value. Of course, he's not a top one hundred category league player so far this season. And I think that's going to fall away. Points league, very different story. But again, I still believe in a drop off for Ubre. But for some reason, Stephen Clifford believes that he should be the number one offensive option, except that he doesn't believe that he should start when they're healthy. So again, I can't work I can't put those two things together. Anyway, Plumlee had foul trouble again. 25 minutes, 15-4 and four with three blocks. That's a really good line. But what it does mean is the big dick Nick Richards played 23 minutes. 14-11-2. Now, the last two games you look at it, go, okay, it's happening. Richards is taking over from Plumlee. At some point, surely Clifford's going to just lean that way. But I don't know. Because these last two games came because of foul trouble. It wasn't become because of some epiphany that Clifford had. It wasn't because they decided that they need to go with Richards over Plumley. Plumley still closed the game. He just had foul trouble. So while Richards might be sliding into a luxury stash territory, just wait for a 17-minute game next time out. I think it's really possible. I don't hate adding him and holding him and stashing him and seeing what happens, but be aware the last two games were foul trouble for Plumley. Jalen McDaniels, six points in 26 minutes. I don't think you need to hold him in 12-10 leagues. In fact, Jack... Get that garbage out! And you know what? In a category league, I think we do the same for PJ Washington. Get that garbage out of here. I'm waiting and waiting. Just give me something. But no, apparently not. Three and eight, seventeen percent, eight percent usage. I'm done. See you later, PJ. I thought that he could put some stuff together. He improved his efficiency a lot last season. It's all gone out the window. I don't is it's, it's I, I get holding on to him, but also, see so yeah, I, I I can't with this anymore. And saying that that is a little bit reactive from me, but yeah, it is. Like he's one hundred and thirty fifth ranked player so far this season. He's outside the top one hundred in points leagues. It's the usage is down. Like, is he ever going to be good enough that I regret dropping him? Probably not. Probably not. And while I understand that he can be better than this, it's going to depend on who I would add off the wire. But man, look, he is not good at the moment. 37 minutes for Haywood on a back-to-back. Be encouraged. 19-5-1 is not great, but it is better. He is, I believe, a must-roster player, Gordon Haywood. Tao Maldon, 26 minutes with Rogier and Smith out. Came in late, iced the game with free throws, 11-6-3. He was literally not even an NBA-caliber player last season, and he's been really good in Charlotte. He's not going to play most nights when Smith and Rogier are there, but really solid stuff and hit those key free throws at the end. For the Kings, Demontis Sabonis. I've got to give a shout out to this bloke. He's dominating top five over the last week. His minutes are through the roof. That is really helping. But 28, 23, and seven with two threes, 63%. Now, the free throws are terrible. Two or four is bad. Two or five, sorry. But the counting stats are through the roof. It is a gigantic sell high If anyone. And I really doubt they do, seriously. But if anyone looks at this and goes top 10 player, then you trade him for that. Darren Fox, who we know had been struggling, put in a good game. 37-5-2, 56 from the field, 78 from the line. A great game. No defensive stats and only two assists, but a really good scoring game. He was also a massive team-worst minus 19, which is curious. Ball was absolutely cooking him in that final quarter, but good to see some good scoring return. And Harrison Barnes. I'll try that again. I messed up the order. The pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. He left with a quad injury. 11-3, and three. we know he's a drop. He's been a drop. He is a drop. He remains a drop. He is a drop again. Drop him. But what, who replaces him? Well, it was Davion Mitchell in the closing lineup. Until they needed a three, then Malik Monk came in for the last 20 seconds or whatever. I'm not adding Mitchell. 7-1 and 5. Monk, I think, still can be a hold, but it's very borderline. It's probably more stream than hold, but 12-1 and 4. What we need to look at is Keegan Murray, who again... Was underwhelming. This like he he is Harrison Barnes 11 one and zero. He did have three threes. He had a steal on a block. But what I think could happen here, and I haven't been big on Murray for a while. I think if Barnes is out, Murray can improve to be a twelve team league guy. So add him if he's available. As for Fanta Pants Kevin Herter, well, it was as clear as anything that he would not maintain what he was doing. It was so obvious. That, that top 50, top 60 run had no chance of, in reality of sticking. And now it's gone the other way. He's outside the top 190 over the last week, nine points on 30% shooting with absolutely nothing else going on. He, he's better than this, and he's much worse than the first four weeks would suggest. He is still a back-end 12-team league guy, but in a 10-teamer, eh, borderline. I think he's still a 12-team hold, but he's a borderline um, 10-team league player. And that will do it for all of the games. Let's go to the lines of the night. The monstrous line of the night goes to Jonas Vasu Inuansas. Yep. The waiver wire line is Naz The young gun is Paolo Banquero again. And the dart of the night is Malik Beasley. Your top 10 players today in category leagues. Number one is Valentinus. Then it's Trey Young, Anthony Edwards, Pascal Siakam, Demontis Sabonis, Shea Gurdjieff-Alexander, Jarrett Allen, Brook Lopez, Drew Holiday, and Joel Embiid. Top 10 rostered in under 50% Nazarene. Look, it's worth a look, but if Gobert plays, I don't think he's a 12-teamer. Two is Tory Craig. Great schedule stream for Tuesday. Uh, number three, Dennis Schroeder. Great value increased by LeBron and Westbrook bringing out, but with Davis out, there is value in him. Chetty Osman, know. I, 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 number five, Chris Boucher. Yeah, look, maybe. Streamer, that's it. Six, Adrian Griffin Jr. I liked what he did. I don't think there's 12-team value there. Malachi Branham was really good. He's at number seven. He's one to watch with Richardson out. Eight is Javon Carter, no thanks. Nine is Davis Bertans. If Powell and Finney Smith miss, the Bertans might be at least a three-point streamer for like 16-team leagues. And then 10 is Austin Rivers, and I can't bring myself to do it. Top 10 in points leagues today, Sabonis at one, Valanciunas two, Edwards three, Siakam four, Giannis five, Trey six, Shea at seven, McCullum eight, Reid nine, and Chris Paul at 10. And that, We'll do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And on YouTube, thumb it up. Leave those comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.